said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Last month, we began this year-long journey meditating on and learning about uh, Eucharistic miracles. We began with Lanciano in Italy. And uh, in that particular miracle, I speculated that, you know, the motivation behind it was to inspire faith, to cause faith to grow. Because if you remember, the priest that was offering that Mass that day was having his own doubts about the real presence of Jesus. And I think in just about every one of these Eucharistic miracles, inspiring faith is part of the motivation. But I think this one has a very another motivation that I'll get to here in a bit. So we move from Italy to Portugal for this, this month's Eucharistic miracle. And just as before, uh, typically the posters are on the two stands, but um, the direction of the wind today kept blowing them over, so they're currently sitting in the narthex on this shelf. But once the wind changes, we'll have them back out on those stands. So you can read about um, this miracle and see the different pictures uh, out there in the narthex, but as we did last month, you can also read about the miracle here in the center of our bulletin, as well as some of the pictures describing it. So as I said, this occurred in Portugal in the year 1266 in a small town known as Santarum. So the story goes that a young woman had become jealous of her husband. And this young woman went to a sorceress to ask that a love potion be made and the sorceress said, I can do that, but I need a consecrated host. You, you, you can't make this stuff up. This is, this is what happened. And so the woman went to the church, the church of St. Stephen, and stole a host, wrapped it up in a linen cloth, and headed back to her home. Well, all of a sudden, the cloth started turning red. And as she opened up the cloth, she saw that the host itself was gushing blood. Well, needless to say, she panicked, got home, and put, put that host in her dresser drawer. Well, then immediately, rays of light started appearing out of that dresser drawer such that she could no longer keep what was going on secret from her husband, 
and she broke down and told him the whole story. And so they went back to the church and talked to the pastor who arranged for a group of people to come to the house and process back to the church. And it wasn't just religious, but also lay people that processed that host back into the church and placed it in a reliquary. For three days, that host continued to bleed blood, and the host had somehow transformed into human flesh as well. And so, to, to maintain this miracle, they encased it in a beeswax reliquary. So about, about uh, 60 years uh, go by, or 70 years go by, in the year 19, or excuse me, 1340, another miracle occurred. The priests opened the tabernacle and the beeswax reliquary had been shattered and in its place was a crystal vase that contained both the host and the blood. Nobody had done this, it just happened miraculously. And inside the vase, not only could they see the host but they could also see the blood and bits of beeswax that it originally had been encased in. This miracle was such a profound miracle for that town that even to this day, on the second Sunday of April, they process the reliquary from the couple's home, which now has become a chapel, back to the church of St. Stephen, which is now known as the Chapel of the Miracle. So as I mentioned before, you know, obviously, obviously faith was inspired. I got to believe that that young couple probably started going to church a lot after that. But what's the other theme that I think that this is an example of? that God can take evil and turn it into good. So this is, this is a theme that we see throughout sacred scripture. Think back in the Old Testament to Moses. At that time, Pharaoh had decreed, because the Israelites had become so populous that every male boy, every male newborn would be killed so as to decrease the population. And so when Moses' mother gave birth to him she, set him, she made a little raft and set him onto the river, hoping that someone, someone would uh, find him and raise him. And just, as a, and just to show you, it was Pharaoh's daughter that found Moses. It was Pharaoh's daughter that took Moses into her own home and raised him as her son. God had taken the evil of the killing of all of those Israelite babies and turned it into the leader of their exodus. Moses ended up leading God's chosen people out of slavery. But we don't even have to go back to the Old Testament. All we have to do is look over my shoulder on the back wall. The greatest evil that has ever been perpetrated by the Holy Family, was, by the human family, was thinking that they could kill the Creator, the one through whom all things were created. They nailed him to the cross 
and killed him. How did God respond to that evil? He did not punish the human family. He didn't wipe us out. Instead, he used that as an event of our salvation. He turned that evil into the ultimate good, offering the human family eternal life in heaven. That's the way that God works. All of us experience evil, pain, and suffering in this life. God can make something good come out of it. We may not know how, we may not know when, but God can turn any evil, suffering, or pain that we experience in this life into redemption. Because we know he's already done it. And he continues to bring about miracles in our day as well. And so I think that's the important message for us to take from this Eucharistic miracle at Santarum. That God is still active in our world, is still attempting to take the pain and suffering of this world and turn it into redemption. We just have to trust in him. We have to believe that he will make something good come out of what we experience in this life. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we see what he was able to do from the cross. We are called to do the same. We are called to trust in our God, the one who led, who turned Moses into the leader of his people, the one who took the evil of this young woman and made it into, and made it into such a good that to, even today they still celebrate this miracle. God is ready to do it for us as well. All we have to do is trust in him.